Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, as you guys know, I am part of the village raising my ex's <laughs> newborn baby. Yes, you are. Sad for me? Yes. Great for her. Why? Because Literati is her new sponsor, and uh, Alexandra, her newborn, is getting a Literati package. So cool. My nephews, Emma and Edward, got theirs yesterday. Oh. Yes, we're looking forward to storing time. This is exciting. Parents are running out of ideas during quarantine, right? Mm -hmm. Literati is America's number one book club for kids. With libraries, schools, bookstores closed, Literati has you covered with something truly unique. Subscription book club for kids, founded by two amazing women, delivered straight to your doorstep. No more scrolling online trying to find the perfect book for your child or to give as a gift. Literati does all the work for you. Each box contains five books based on a theme with exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child. Obviously, home delivery, important right now. And uh, I'm telling you, the bonding time with your kids and Literati does all the work. With their curated selection, only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free. For a limited time, go to Literati.com slash Stephanie for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I. That's Literati.com slash Stephanie. For 25% off your first two orders, Literati.com slash Stephanie. Me and Travis, part of the village, mm-hmm. village raising the kids. <laughs> yes. With no work. Literati does it. Thank you, Literati. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. That's literati.com slash Stephanie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is going to be the nerdiest happy hour ever. <laughs> because it's happy hour with Debbie Boone. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of all, we don't recognize each other without our bike helmets on. That's right. I think I know we, we clean up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> this was the most random, hilarious story ever. So our mutual friend Allison, who's my <clears throat> my quarantine bike buddy, it's my only social <laughs> life all week. As I go for a bike ride with her way out right. where nobody is in horsey country, she's like, "Do you mind if my friend Debbie comes?" And I was like, "No, of course." You know. And so we're all in helmets and riding, and nobody. <laughs> And somehow she falls by. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, she's um, doing, going through the same thing you are with, you know, she can't tour. And I was like, oh, what does your little friend Debbie do? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, oh, my God, her dad would die that she's riding with you. And I was like, what? Who? She goes, you know, Debbie Boone. I was like, 
That's Debbie Boone. <laughs> We've been we must have been riding an hour together before that yes. happened. <laughs> like, I like I almost like slapped Allison off her bike. What did you tell? What? <laughs> and then and then as I said, you did not have even have the decency to be I don't know mean or give me some kind of other good story. You could have been competitive, stuck things in my spokes, but you couldn't well, be you couldn't be nicer. You couldn't be more down to earth. Smarter, funnier. I was like, this is not good for radio. <laughs> well, I, I was on my good behavior, so all bets are off now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, can we just can we just get it out? Of, okay, just have to let's just get it out of my system. Oh boy. Well, it was everybody's favorite song, so let's just. You light up my life. Let Debbie sing it. Let her sing it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. I'm ruining it. It's better than your Tina Turner. <laughs> it's better than my Tina Turner impression. Yeah, that's true. You you, you were very young when that came out. <laughs> you are. Listen, I was very. <laughs> you're only like five years older than I am. Can you please tell? Because we just had Rosie O'Donnell on. Can you tell that story? It's hilarious about you yes. going into Greece, which I love yes. as as Rizzo. As Rizzo, yeah. Well, that was a funny story all on its own, that Jeff Calhoun, who was producing that revival of Grease, wanted me to come in and do the show. And I told him, I can't sing Sandy. I'm not a soprano. And he went, I don't want you to do Sandy. I want you to do Rizzo. And I went, what? <laughs> Most hilarious <laughs> casting ever. <laughs> but you, would I t- <laughs> you said that, that you can't do a lot of the leads in musical because you're an alto. You're a true alto. I, really, I yeah. am a tr- true yeah. alto, so it's really hard. I've done a lot of musical theater magically, but they now they can lower keys and and you know they used to not be able to do that so um anyway so i got to do that for three months i was 40 years old (laughs) back in high school trying to learn how to smoke because i've never really been a smoker (laughs) in fact in rehearsal i actually lit lit the wrong end of the stupid stage cigarette and humiliated myself in front of everyone things your dad Um, pat boone would frown on smoking and going on bike rides with communists um Lesbian communists. Um. (laughs) Well, so back to the Rosie O'Donnell Mm -hmm. thing, though. I so we had opening night. It all went really well. I was having the time of my life, and I'm in an apartment. It's the first time I've ever had a a place of my own. I moved out from my home with my dad and mom, and married my husband, and lived with my husband. So I never lived alone. And there I was in New York, alone in my own apartment. And uh, I turn on the TV in the morning with my coffee, and there's Rosie O'Donnell with her new talk show. And she talks to uh, John McDaniel, the music director of the show Grease and hers of her show. Mm. And she goes, what, what, what was going on with you yesterday? Tell me, you know, what was yesterday? I hear you had a new put-in for Rizzo in Grease. And he said, yeah. He said, Debbie Boone went in. And she says, Debbie Boone? <laughs> Debbie Boone, and he goes, yeah, she went in. She's she's really doing a good job. And he went, she, uh, Rosie says, so who, who is, play, is playing Kaniki? Hume Cronin? Oh, no. Like, yeah, no. Travis. Like, Come on. Bitch, I'm that only five a, years older than you are. I was, <laughs> I was just, and I was alone. <laughs> it was not a happy morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. Um, yeah, we were and we were riding, and I said, "Oh, your dad would kill you." And you said, "No, oh, my dad would kill me about a lot of stuff." <laughs> <laughs> but and then we bonded over having 
you know, I don't know how old your dad is. My mom's 97, but elderly. My dad, he will be 86 in June. Wow. But we talked about having, you know, elderly Republican Fox News watching parents. And it's it's 24 seven. And, and you <laughs> you famously love your dad. Like, I love my mom. Do you? Yes. Do you? I just don't talk politics with my mom. Do you talk politics with your dad or? I try not to. Yeah, uh, me too. I try. I try. Not I, to. And by me too, I mean with your dad because I run into him all the time. <laughs> do, you do not. No, I don't. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I try, and I have asked him many times: Can we keep our conversations on things that connect us rather than disconnect us? Because you know, especially like times like now, I I did a social visit with him. Uh, outside with my sister uh, a week ago, and it was so nice. We were all sitting in his side yard, all six feet apart. And, you know, for the most part, it was just fun and love. And that's that's how I want to spend my days with my dad. Um, but, you know, he can't help himself. And, 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 it, and it's all from, I really, truly believe, a place of love and concern. Um, and he gets into things that I just... Uh, everything in me sort of rises up and I want to have a little bit of a conflict, but I know that it's never worth it. I would rather be in a place of loving uh, my dad and respecting him and not being in an argument. Okay, A, are you available to run for president? B, are you interested (laughs) in lighting up our our life again, Debbie Boone, in answering your country's call, Debbie Boone? If if I must, <laughs> if called, I will serve. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I isn't can't... that isn't that it that we're going to have to reclaim this country one loved one at a time? And I feel the same with my mom. I love my mom with all. She's my soulmate. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm yeah. single. We talked about this on the ride. I'm single, and I I want to talk about your marriage. You have this amazing marriage. I feel like maybe <laughs> maybe God is what I missed because you've been married forty years. Your dad <laughs> your dad and mom were married sixty five years. Uh, they were they celebrated their 65th anniversary yeah. right before she died. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, but I no, but I just uh, um, it, it is interesting that I love my mom. I always say to her, like, you know, it turns out you were the love of my life. You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you were my 40 year conversation. And so I get yeah. that. And yet you're yeah. right about like because when she starts to sort of realize that things are really fucked up right now and I can't see her or hug her, like she yeah. gets close to like, and I just, I have to go like, I stop myself. I'm going, guess Trump's a giant fuck up, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, yeah. it just seems like people don't, they, they don't seem to know what they're doing. I'm like, nah, yes, right. But I, I mean, that's the thing is it's, it's, yeah. but we're going to have to put this country back together one mother father whatever person at a time because you're absolutely right it's like yeah. what you just said about your dad and my mom like finding areas of connection rather than division yeah. and that's what president right. that's what presidents used to do right right that's right that's right unfortunately not this one um you know i i read some quotes of obama talking to uh mayors i think bloomberg put together a virtual meeting and and he said the most beautiful things about what leadership looks like and you just go, oh, my God, yeah. oh, my God, that yeah. just breaks breaks my heart that we don't have a leader like that in, in a time like this. Right. Um, but that goes to but, our divisions instead of our, our connection. And it's, yes. Does your yes. dad, has your dad mentioned about Obama not being uh, uh, born here? Or? Oh. <laughs> he's still, he's still <laughs> truly to his core and recently has put that in an email to me. And okay. I can't believe, can't believe we're still there. I just can't, can't believe you know, what? um, what but I just, 
I can't, I can't go there with him. It just, yeah. my dad, my dad is so much smarter than I am. I mean, he really is a brilliant man. Um, you know, a summa cum laude or magna cum laude graduate mm-hmm. of Columbia with four kids and a, and a regular television show, a booming career. I mean, yeah. he, he has more energy than I have. Uh, you know, he's got a, a huge high IQ and intellect. I can't argue with the man. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of go from my heart and my instincts and I trust them. And my instincts aren't going in the same direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I Isn't that, I mean, except for uh, your incredible uh, beauty and success, we're almost the same. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, isn't that so true that... Y- Part of like we're here because of Trump's hatred of Obama or whatever that is and him disbanding the pandemic response team, Obama's pandemic playbook, firing all the experts like, you know, yeah. all of that stuff. And yet, you know, like I say, it just I, I am exactly where you are with when you love somebody. You just have to I, I feel the same way. My mom has more class and elegance and smarts than I'll ever have, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it, but that is one of the conundrums of all this is that that people could believe in or follow this and how do you how are you a you know what i'm saying people that are christian which obviously that's your you and your dad your family's whole right how, how are you christian and think this man is in any way christian well that is you know that is really a dilemma um my sisters and i are all on the same page and yeah. we talk we talk about uh you know trump being everything we were taught not to be you know and it's so hard that uh so many of the people in my dad's generation that I grew up respecting and learning from uh, can't see it. Like they just don't see it. And there are people that my dad talks to who are much closer to Trump than I am. And he, he he's like, he, he's a Christian. And I'm like, how, <laughs> right. how can a, a man who behaves this way, who is anything but Christ-like, I mean, the antithesis of being Christ-like, I don't get how you can believe that you know it feels like um, it's become a cult and and i hate to say it almost like a death cult now the, these you know uh, liberate protests where people are now the leader of the one in north carolina today just reported has coronavirus people that are out there you know it's become a you know they are against facts and science and just have become a cult of trump i guess yeah, I, I don't. I really don't understand it. I don't pretend to understand. I know that it started with some conservative views that he pandered to, and that was worth it. Even though you know they didn't necessarily like him, they thought he's the guy that's going to get those judges that we want in the Supreme Court. He's the guy that's going to protect Israel. He's the guy, you know, yeah. as if. Trump gives one rat's ass about Israel. Debbie you know. Boone, Debbie Boone said rat's ass. That's the- <laughs> oh, I got a f- half a swear out of her. Um, <laughs> Debbie, you've had such a normal life. Um, let's, let's, you've had such a world famous father. Uh, can we just, let's talk about the song for a minute, just because I, because I, this is, it's not just a hit song. So it's 1977. The song became the biggest hit of the 1970s, lasting 10 consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, longer than any other song in Hot 100 history to that point. Um, Billboard ranked the song number seven among all songs charted in the 50-year history of the Hot 100. Um, you earned a Grammy Award, of course, for Best New Artist, um, Favorite Pop Single, right, of uh, 1977, Best Pop Vocal Performance. I, what is that like when that level <laughs> happens to you? 
It was a complete shock. Um, you know, honestly, for the first couple of years, it was like just this whirlwind that I kept having to pinch myself and say, is this really happening? Mm. Um, you know, I had been uh, performing with my family, with the Boone family in a show on tour for many years. And when this happened, we were winding down. Two of my sisters got married and it was, uh, I, I was still living at home at 21 years old. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, I was 20. Yeah. What was that sitcom where all the girls lived at home till they were like 47? Oh, eight is like, enough. Eight is enough. Yeah. So oh. it was eight is enough. He was like, oh, my sister got, but what should I do? Oh, I know. I think I'll have the top single of all time. How about that? It, it was the most bizarre thing. You know, I was, I was 20 when Mike Curb, who, you know, was yeah. Lieutenant Governor and he was also the, uh, you know, head of Warner Curb records, mm -hmm. which we were all signed to. So he brought over this little cassette tape of this song and said, I, I, you would sound great on this vocal. We need somebody to uh, put their vocal on the same track and we're going to release it. And I flew to New York, never thinking in a million years, it would be a hit. I, I didn't sound like a hit. It just sounded like a song I would love to sing. Yeah. And, and so um, uh, nobody was more shocked than I was uh, that it started climbing the charts as the family was out touring in the summer and we had to put it in the show yeah. because now it was climbing the Billboard charts and then it stayed number one for 10 weeks and suddenly I was thrown into the world as a solo artist before mm. I ever prepared for it really at, at 20 yeah i was wow. 21 i was 21 in that september when it was uh climbing towards one yeah number one wow yeah. um you're so funny about it too you said uh, it wasn't the best managed career in the history of show business <laughs> i mean i'd love to be able to sing a medley of my hits but i'm not complaining <laughs> um, truly and, and then i did go ahead <laughs> now i did i did make some very strange choices that uh, did not lead to uh, a trajectory that but I think when you have a hit of that magnitude too it's really hard to to follow it up because nothing's going to measure right. up you're already on your way down right you know right but you were always have a good sense of humor all right I'm a one-hit wonder but you weren't yeah you I mean well, one thing you said funny you said it was basically playing pinball with my career an obstacle would come I go off in another direction except that you kept winning Grammys <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever direction you went so um yeah I mean after so then that you went into a uh, uh, country so then the number one country hit uh are you on the road to loving me again right and then uh, yeah. in the 80s you went to christian music and you got t uh, four top contemporary christian albums and two more grammys so i wouldn't call that a yeah just because the pop hit was the i mean you really had, respectable I mean, career no that's an insanely yeah. <laughs> no but that's insanely prolific to have grammys in that many genres right i mean you know, you know, it's been it's really been interesting. I am on the one hit wonder wall at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, okay. by the way. <laughs> well. and, but my dad, my dad, who's had tons of of rock and roll big hit records yeah. is not is not they won't let him in. They don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah. but he should be there. He should be there. I, yeah. I have to say. Um, but I'm on the the one hit wonder wall. And, you know, it does. It has a little bit of a negative connotation. But like I say, it's it's funny to say, you know, I can't complain. But 
I've had a variety of opportunities based on one big hit record. I've continued to work. Yeah. My, you know, since then, I've done children's books. I've done musical theater. I've done some acting on television and some really crappy movies. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there was one in particular I want oh, to ask baby. you about. Hang on a second. Oh, I hope you're going where I think you are. <laughs> Hang on. Baywatch Nights. What did your dad think of oh. that? What did your dad think of you doing Baywatch Nights with the skimpy, hmm? You know, I don't even know if he saw that one. I thought you were going to go to a TV movie of the week called Sins of the Past, where I played a hooker. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm presuming with a heart of gold. Oh, yes, because yeah. she, she, you know, she turned around and she became a singer for an evangelist, oh. as one does. Yeah. <laughs> as most hookers wait, do, yes. I, I delivered the line to the madam as she handed me my money. Like my daddy always told me, the wages of sin. <laughs> I can't wait for you to tell your dad about the podcast you did today with your lesbian, communist, Obama-loving, Trump-hating friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, coming, you know, I'm coming home for the well, next visit. We, we have played uh, her dad's music on this show before. Oh, we have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, from yeah. the No More Mr. Nice Guy album. All right. Yeah. Well, you see, uh-huh. you see, yep. A lot, a lot of people like that record. His heavy metal album, <laughs> a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Well, and we talked about having famous Republican dads. My dad ran for vice president, and so no, I know the whole. I, well, you know, and it's interesting. You always talk about uh, you light up my life. You thought to you was about God. I mean, and obviously your singing was gospel singing with your family. Yeah. You know, I I knew it wasn't written in that way. I mean, there are some stories that go along with "You Light Up My Life" and the guy that wrote it. That I'm not sure if you've uh, if you've been privy to those. But the guy the guy's name was Joe Brooks, and he was a commercial jingle writer, very successful. Right. And he decided to write the movie "You Light Up My Life," be in it. Uh, his girlfriend was the one that recorded the vocal for. Um, Casey, uh, well, her, right. her name was Casey Sizzik, and Dee Dee Khan was the actress mm. in the movie. Right, right. And, and they had a falling out over, uh, I think, money, really. And he took her voice off the track, and that's when I came in. Oh, wow. And I didn't know any of this. I was just going in to put my voice on a record and hope somebody would like it, you know. You were just a, uh, mu- a musical hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that guy turned out to be um, he was he was mortified when press came out that I was singing it kind of like a prayer. It was a personal interpretation. I never yeah. expected anyone to know. I didn't have an agenda. You know, it was just like this. This feels like t- to me like I could sing this to God, and I liked that interpretation. Right. You know, um, but then it became sort of a, a bit of an anthem for Christians. But it you know it crossed over into all yeah, different sure. musical genres. Um, but when he heard about it, he was quoted in some magazine as saying bullshit, you know, and it's wow. like, like, you know, what was going on in my head. He was very difficult to, to work with and for, yeah. and, uh, he ended up, um, in, in, he was in a lawsuit when he died. I don't know if you know yeah. this, but he, um, was indicted for luring girls into his hotel rooms oh. and stuff uh. and s- slipping things in their drinks. Oh, oh yikes. Wow. And, uh, he, he ended up, uh, killing himself with something called a helium exit bag. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've yeah. sadly made, so, we've made fun of that because one of the people that uh, in the Trump-Russia thing died of uh, a helium thing. And we, yeah. we've, Travis, don't do it. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. Heal my 
light up my eyes. Oh my God, Debbie Boone, you have done dark humor <laughs> privately about this, about that guy. <laughs> Goodbye, cool world. Okay, wow. I got it. And also, I got another swear out of Debbie Boone just now. Debbie Boone said bullshit. Uh, yep. Yeah. This is the most fun happy hour ever. <laughs> Oh my God, we have an exciting new client, Literati. Oh! It's the number one book club for kids. Oh yeah. I had to do some digging to find people young enough, but my ex just had a baby. My nephews, three and seven years old. <laughs> so Perfect. We sent it to both of them. We're going to get reviews. It is for ages zero to 12. Yeah. Right? And it, I, libraries, schools, bookstores are all closed. Yeah. Right? Literati has you covered with something truly re- unique. This subscription book club for kids was founded by two women to make it easy to find interesting books delivered right to your doorstep. No more scrolling online trying to find that perfect book for your child or to give as a gift. Each Literati box contains five books based on a theme with exclusive original art personalized note to your child. What kid doesn't love receiving something in the mail? Home delivery, super important right now. And with their curated selection, only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free for a limited time. Try it with Travis's nephews. Go to Literati.com slash Stephanie for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go to Literati.com slash Stephanie, 25% off your first two orders. That's Literati.com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. Also, um, George Clooney happens to be your cousin. Rosemary Clooney's your mother-in-law. Uh, so, uh, your life is really... Talent runs in the family. Uh, yes. Yeah. But your it's husband is an Episcopalian priest. Uh, uh, Correct. And his mom was Rosemary Clooney, who you were very close to. You did that album of uh, tri- a tribute to her. Yeah. Yeah. I adored Rosemary Clooney. Uh, she was the best mother-in-law and the most sensational grandmother that ever walked God's earth. I mean, my kids were so well loved by her, but musically, um, you know, I Christmas album, uh, Christmas album, right? Yeah. It was the uh, home for Christmas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, she sang with me. She did a duet of white Christmas with me on that album, but I did a tribute called reflections of Rosemary after she died. Mm. Um, and I did a show for many years, uh, and it was all stories about Rosemary and our family and things people didn't know about her. And it was, uh, you know, the songs that tied into the different stories. It's so, so. sweet. I, You know, Debbie, I've heard you talk about not just what a, a great grandma she was. It's so funny. People we just know publicly. But you talk about a dinner party at uh, George Clooney's house, you know, with he and Amal. And you talk about what a great natural dad he is. Which is so funny because we think of him as this, you know, bachelor the forever playboy. and ever. Yeah. Playboy. And yeah. you said you were always. I always knew. I mean, he would he would was a sworn bachelor, never going to get married again after his first failed marriage. And I thought to myself, you just haven't met the right person, the one you don't want to let get away. Well, he met her. And uh, I'm tell- they were holding hands under the table and they were so, um, so smitten with each other. Wow. And he's so sweet and funny with those twins. I haven't been around him a lot, but my daughter is an actress, Tessa, and she was in uh, Catch-22. So she got oh. to spend a lot of time with George and Amal and the kids and stayed at Lake Cuomo for a while. And, oh. and you know, yeah. um, she saw him as a dad and, and her as yeah. a mom and just was so impressed with it. I may or may not not have a restraining order at some point i live near him and he used to pay basketball shirtless with his friends and though i am gay i used to climb the fence to watch and i thought i may there may be a security situation here but he <laughs> and i met him briefly like even if you're gay you just go immediately to questioning i met him at the emmys or something one year and he's just uh, he seems uh, amazingly down to earth for who he is totally 
Totally. He's got a very great sense of humor. Um, and, and he can, uh, he can surprise people with his humor, I think. Um, and, and that's one of the things where we really connect. Nothing makes me happier than making my dad laugh. And he can always make me laugh. I, same with my mom. I seriously, right? You can be, a, 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 right? You can have, I'm sure, like thousands and thousands of people screaming for you, or you know, I can have a theater full of sexy liberal laughing mm-hmm. and making, hearing mm-hmm. my mom laugh, particularly now at her age with Alzheimer's. Yeah, isn't that yeah. like when, uh, when they laugh, you're like, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> it's the yeah, the best thing in the world. Um, here's the other thing. I think with all this, you know, uh, woman power that we're seeing around the world all these amazing female prime ministers and hopefully we're going to have a female vice president. Here's a fun fact about you that I just loved. Um, you're, so two weeks before Are You on the Road to Loving Me, your country uh, hit, before it ascended to number one, you were part of a historic top five on the Billboard country chart. The top five positions were all held by women. So Crystal Gale, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Dottie, Dottie West, you, Emmy right. Lou Harris, and Tammy Wynette were all... Awesome. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what was it like being in that sisterhood and all these genres you've been in, but all these amazing women singers? You know, I'm always surprised when these statistics hit and that I'm, you know, part of these record-breaking moments. Um, It's always a shock. I'm beyond grateful. Um, I don't know how it happened. Um, I'm just glad that it did, and I, I hope that every day I kind of, you know, I'm living my best life and and giving back because I've gotten so much. I'm just a a person that's, uh, I grew up in a family well-loved. I married into a fantastic family. I've got a great husband. I have the greatest kids and three grandkids. And um, and I I keep uh, having opportunities to do what I love to do. And I know when pretty incredible. When our friend said that you had, I think she said you have grandkids and I didn't know who you were. I was like, that lady's not old enough to have grandkids. <laughs> then when she told you, I was like, oh, that's not a regular lady. That's a show business lady. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but talk about, so the year you were up for uh, Grammy, nominated, Grammy nominated for Best Pop Vocal, Female and Record of the Year, <laughs> was won respectively by Barbara Streisand for the love theme from A Star is Born, oh. Evergreen, <laughs> and The Eagles Hotel California. Wow. <laughs> So you're sitting in the audience for that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, can you imagine? You know how they set big pictures of those people in the chairs so mm-hmm. that uh, the camera operators can practice the shots. And when you go to rehearse and do your sound check, you're looking out at mostly an empty theater, but chairs of who's going to be sitting where. And all my idols were right up front, and I knew I was going to have to sing live in front of Streisand and Ronstadt and Bonnie Raitt, mm-hmm. and I was shaking. I mean, I was so terrified, just wow. terrified. And and how how did it go? Okay, as I recall, it, it good. It did it did go okay, uh, and I got best new artist, not the the best uh, record or song of the year. Um, robbed, and- I say robbed. <laughs> no, I think Hotel California, you know. Well, I uh, haven't song, been bike riding the with the Eagles, so fuck them. <laughs> oh, um, okay, here's the funnest fact ever. You're a direct descendant of Daniel Boone, who presumably was a man, a real man. 
Daniel Boone was a man. Was a man. Was a real you, man. You can't sing that song. All right. <laughs> I didn't do very well when you led in my life either, but you know. <laughs> didn't stop her. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what they say. I am not one of those genealogy nuts, you know, so I... I uh, I've always been told that I am a direct descendant, and my dad spreads the word on that one. Um, you know, so who knows? Um, you know, one one of the ones that you missed in my family, my mom was the daughter of a great country and western gospel singer from the Grand Ole Opry, and yeah. his name was Red Foley. And he was one of the biggest country singers uh, that ever lived in, in his day. So, so I have a question as it regards talent and all that. So, because I, I had a good friend that, um, she was amazing. She ended up on Broadway. You know, she could hit a high E-flat above high C. She sang like Glitter and Be Gold and Candide. She mm. played that role. You know what I mean. The, the, mm-hmm. She ended up doing a lot of shows on Broadway. And both of her parents were opera singers. Opera, yeah. You know, but so clearly it's genetic, but you also like, you can't get a voice like that just genetically, can you? Like what what degree is it? genetic or talent and is it is it training do you know i had no real training i never took a voice lesson till after you light up my life Hmm. but i think when you grow up in a musical home um you know my mother because of her father was very musical and loved harmony she grew up she sang professionally for a little bit uh with a uh girls group called the Anita Kerr Singers and sang with her sister. So she taught me and my sisters to sing in harmony from as far back as I can remember. So I think that helped me have a good ear. But I think tone, uh, which is really important, you always hear on the, the voice competitions, whether it be The Voice or American Idol, you have such a unique tone or a great tone. You can learn, anybody can really learn to sing, I think, if mm. you study and work hard enough. But that tone is hereditary, I think, and All genetic. Right. I, I'm starting to see what went wrong because my mom sang, but she was really a shitty singer. Can I just say? <laughs> I love her, but she would sing to my uh, schnauzer. Uh, she would play Mona Lisa, and then my schnauzer would sing, and it was really oh. like, Mona Lisa, <laughs> So that's what I grew up hearing. And that's why I think I'm tone deaf. Like, I remember my musical director at the Edinburgh Festival, like, I had to sing something as Lucy in Your Good Man Charlie Brown, which is not really a, you know, musical <laughs> challenge. And she just stopped playing the piano. And she looked at me and she said, what do you hear? Because that is not what I'm playing. <laughs> oh, oh no. ow, ow, ow. Ouch. Yes, ouch. Thank you. Um, speaking of legends, you opened for Frank Sinatra. Uh, you were invited to his home in Palm Springs. You, you stayed there. He took you under his wing. Wow. You have another Sammy I Davis. Ju- what was the Sammy Davis Jr. story? Just uh... Sammy Davis. I did a, a Bob Hope variety special. I was one of the special guests. It was my dad and me and Debbie Reynolds and Bob Hope. Wow. We did dances and sketches wow. and all, Bob Mackey clothes. It was so much wow. fun. And Sammy Davis invited me and my husband to his home to cook us dinner. Huh. And we went to his home. He and Altavis had a beautiful home in Beverly Hills. I mean, and we knocked on the door like just two kids, basically, newly married. And we're at Sammy Davis Jr.'s house. And he answers with a shirt unbuttoned down to his big fat belt buckle and bell bottoms <laughs> and ascot. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> you know, and he's three feet tall. <laughs> 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 gave us a tour of his house, his closets, closet after closet. He had so many clothes. Mm. It was unbelievable. 
And the the best part of the story is he loved the master bathroom, which he had designed, which is as big as most people's bedrooms. Yeah. And, and in the center of the bathroom, standing floor to ceiling, a clear glass shower. And he leaned in and told my husband that he enjoyed watching Altavis take her shower there. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Okay. Okay. Dinner time. <laughs> All right. What was, what was for dessert? I'm going to guess Candyman. <laughs> I thought of that. Ahead of time. I thought of that. Yeah. Candyman. Uh-huh. Candyman. Um, wait. All right. Let's go back to Frank Sinatra's compound okay. in Palm Springs. Let's go back to that. Yeah. Okay. So what was that about? Well, he and his wife, Barbara, at the time, uh, did a benefit concert for a children's hospital every year. Mm -hmm. And if you were invited to participate in the concert, you were also invited to stay on the compound, where he had all these different guest houses named after his albums. I was going to get to that. That's fantastic. Okay, which guest house did you stay in? Nice and easy. Oh, Oh, hello. Yeah. And... (laughs) In in the uh, guest houses, when you came in, every person performing had notepads and match boxes all embossed with their names. Mm-hmm. You could order food to your guest house from the kitchen, or you could go to the common room and eat with everyone, and who wouldn't do that? Right. Um, I, unfortunately, was pregnant uh, when that happened. I was just so... going to ask, which guest house did you make one of the little Ferrars in? <laughs> we, well, it was already in the oven oh. when we got there. Oh, okay. So... So one of the stories I don't commonly tell, um, because maybe it's just a little TMI, is, you know, I had a lot of morning sickness, and we wanted to go to breakfast where everybody was meeting one morning uh, in his big pool house. And uh, as I got closer to the pool house, I said to Gabri, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to run back, and I knew I was going to throw up. And I got back to the guest house, but not in the door, and just had to barf my guts up in the bushes and I heard this automated electrical sound and a sound activated security camera was training right on me Wow! barf coming out of my mouth. Where was TMZ when we needed that? Oh my god. <laughs> wow, that's a delightful story. Um, Isn't that good? Wow, that <laughs> is fantastic. Um, Yeah, I, I, I was reading this whole story about that whole, and I just... I love what you said about you were. You, I, people think I'm kind of prim and proper, goody two shoes, just because I inherited my dad's sort of squeaky clean image. The worst thing I think people think about me is I'm super judgmental and self righteous. That's just not the case. I think people are constantly surprised that I'm fun. I'm not stuck up. I have a good sense of humor. I'm very inclusive. Um, that's what I exactly what I said to our friend Allison. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do you confront that all the time with the what people the must image. think you are yeah. and who you actually are. Yeah. All the time, all the time. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a kind of an image that makes people stay away from you. And that's what I don't like, you know, is I want people to feel comfortable. I want them to feel they can be the completely themselves, you know, for the longest time. And probably still, people, you know, would start talking and think that they've either hit a topic or they'd swear and go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, as if these are words I've never heard or never said myself, you know, um, and and I just never liked being the person that people thought they had to walk on eggshells around because they might offend me 
uh, or I might judge them. And and I'm just not that way. Yeah. And so, sort of my favorite compliment is, you're nothing like I thought you were going to be. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and Listen, I, I can't believe I got an ass, a shit. And I believe you also sang, uh, you light up my life in like a helium voice that the guy <laughs> that wrote that song died of, which is, was I dark dark and hilarious. That. I might live to regret that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm playing that sound bite forever. Um <laughs> <laughs> also, I was glad that you didn't call your Rosemary Clooney album uh, Rosemary's Baby, because that would have been uh, oh. a bad name. It's reflections of Rosemary, because people are going to want to, things we talk about, they'll probably want to go take a listen, just because there's amazing, uh, you just have an amazing body of work. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't know which part is more fascinating about you. We, and we talked about just this pandemic, and then we all are in this same, you have had this, I, I remember, um, se, oh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was your first <laughs> stage thing, and we talked about on the bike ride, like, When's there going to be theater? When's there going to be, you were going to do the Redlands Music Festival? Like what, when do you yeah. think there's going to be concerts or theater again? You know, in the beginning of all of this, I think like all of us, you know, we had this idea that this was just going to be for a month or so and let's hunker down and enjoy it. And then the realities start to hit and we realize if we're being smart and if people aren't being nuts, you know, uh, we can do this little bit by little bit, but I am, I'm beginning to wonder if I will have work this year, you yeah, know, if people yeah. will feel safe to go into a theater and sit next to somebody. And uh, I don't know how the theaters can make money if they're going to distance people, you know, and have, you know, a third or maybe even less of, of ticket sales because they can't accommodate people safely. Yeah. I just don't know where it's headed. I was mortified to see how many people were on airplanes this morning. I know. I mean, you know, that's a, a frightening thing to think that I, I, I wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't do that, yeah. you know. Um, no, you don't so, want to endanger yourself. You don't want to endanger your audience, you, you know. No, and I get that the economy is equally as frightening and that people need to get back to work. But, um, you know, you, you have to... Like, what good is any of it if if we go round two and, and all the death rates start rising again? Yeah. You know. I, I just love that your concerts are probably a lot like just like the beginning of ours was where there except there's like a thousand people singing You Light Up My Life and people next to them going, let Debbie sing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sing along. You're ruining it for me. You are ruining it. <laughs> um, how awesome was this? How awesome are you? And now, I, because of you, I got the Peloton app. I'm not buying the bike; I can't afford it. But I got—I have my own little bike. But I'm going to try well, to right because you—you you do inside and outside biking. I do, and I love having both. I love to get outside, and it's the one thing you can really do uh, to enjoy the fresh air and also feel like you're not endangering people. You know, yeah. especially like where we rode the other day. We, you know, we were just the three of us distancing from each other, and you know, yeah. it was—it was to such the a extent fun, that I didn't fun. know you were Debbie Boone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was mortified. Uh, but, but yeah, to have this bike in my house and to be able to work out hard, and you know, when you work out, you can see who else is doing that ride at the same time. Yeah, and and I'm competitive, so it, like being in a classroom setting, I'm trying to get ahead of the guy that's just ahead of me. See, that's or the woman that that's was just the, ahead of me. That was the story I hope to have from our bike ride. That it was like the scene from Ben Hur that you were a competitive bitch and you were putting sticks in my <laughs> spokes and. <laughs> throwing gravel down you know but it wasn't like that at all i you, wait 
Wait till Saturday. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. right. Watching you, watching you, Debbie Boone. This was fantastic. I, uh, I loved it. I'm, I'm so, uh, uh, so glad you wanted to have me come be on your show. You are fantastic. How do we? Where do we go? Is there a debbieboone.com? I assume or. Uh... I do have a debbieboone.com website, and I I stink at social media. I try. I try. I've got to get better at it. Well, you are in um, fantastic uh, shape. I want to be you when I grow up. You are uh, smart. You. You are smart. I want to be you. I always wanted long, skinny legs like yours. (laughs) And all of of your music is available online for download and all of that. All of that. You know how it is when you meet your heroes. You are smart and kind and beautiful inside and out, and it was just a thrill. It really was, you know. It's not often you meet one of your heroes, and you're just uh, uh, everything Allison said you were. And and uh, thank uh, you, honey. Thanks for doing this. I'll well, s- I'm going to call Allison and thank her for introducing me to you. This is great. Now me we go on from here. Me too. I'm playing that <laughs> helium you let out my life. It's my <laughs> ringtone. It's my new ringtone. We love you, Debbie Boone. Happy, 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 Allison. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>